welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. In our last story, Dak sent a mysterious message, and now he waits for the reply. Who did he send it to? What did it say? My wonderful children were eager to find out. Are you? Here's the story. had successfully convinced the tsunami to leave, but the price of the great kraken's departure was the trade of his mariners. What are those krakens again? Kraken are like enormous squid, squid octopus. About as big as our house. Right. The well, normal kraken's about the size of our house. Tsunami was the size of three of our houses. Oh. Anyway. But because he had had to give away his mariner's shell, he no longer had a way to dive down to the deep lobsters and tell them that he had fulfilled their request so that they would set Curry free. Nor did he have a way to speak to them, since he could not understand their language, or even the language of the mermaids without the mariner's shell. So all that day... The ship patrolled back and forth over the waters. Um, the message, what it said. Above the deep lobster's lands, Dak paced the deck, and when Captain Goldring asked him, So, lad, what we'd be doing next? And Dak said every time, We wait. Aye, lad, we've been waiting. But what we'd be waiting for? A reply, said Dak. Captain Goldring knew had been around princes and queens enough to recognize when he was not going to get more of an answer than that. So he contented himself with checking the supplies on the ship and overseeing cleaning and other tasks that the sailors did when there was nothing to keep them especially busy. As the sun started to set, Dak was standing at the rail of the ship looking out at the, at the darkening sky opposite the direction of the setting sun. And he squinted off into the distance. And then he asked Captain Goldring to borrow his telescope. And then he climbed up to the lookout post, high on the mast of the ship. And after the lookout looked the same direction, too. And then he called down to Captain Goldring, there's something approaching our ship, Captain. What be it, laddie? Not sure yet, said the lookout. It's okay, Captain, shouted down Dak. I know what it is. He climbed down the mast, gave Captain Coldring his telescope, and for the first time that day, went inside to change his clothes and shave and get something to eat. Captain Goldring stood squinting off into the darkening evening sky. He could see something off in the distance. It looked a little like a small cloud. It was growing rapidly. By the time Dak had reappeared on deck, wearing some of his nicer princely clothes, shaved and looking a little bit rested, better rested and fed, they could see that it was indeed a small cloud that was approaching. Dak went out on the deck and waited calmly 
The rest of the sailors and Captain Goldring and the guards all took their cue from him that there was nothing bad approaching, and none of them seemed worried and no call to arms was sounded. Soon the cloud was directly overhead, and then it began to descend, and as it came down to the deck it got smaller and smaller and smaller and darker. At the center of the cloud was sort of a tight funnel like a whirlwind, and as it touched down on the deck, it suddenly disappeared, and where the funnel had been standing stood Shan and Ea. Ea, said Deck, running towards him. The brother and sister gave each other a big hug, and then Shan hugged Deck. Shan hugged him for a moment, and then held him at arm's length, and said, Where's the mariner's shell? Ah, uh, said Deck, that would be why I've had to ask for your help. Come, inside, there's a meal prepared, and I have much to tell you. They went inside and they ate dinner, and Dak told them all about his adventures and how they had avoided the the misty cloud that had had the strange singing coming out of it. And how the siren. How they'd met the mermaid, and how Dak had discovered how the mariner's show had worked, and how he had gone down to meet the claw in the deep lo- in the land of the deep lobsters, and how he had gone to confront tsunami and how he had been forced to trade away the mariner's shell in exchange for Tsunami agreeing to depart. San nodded and said, Yes, I can certainly see how that would be the right decision. Even an ordinary kraken is an almost impossible foe to defeat. He said, But still, the mariner's shell is a great loss. It is not replaceable. Dak frowned and looked sadly down at his food. He shrugged. He said, I'd sort of hoped that maybe it was something that you could make a new one. No, said Shan. Well, said Dak, I'll have to think of something. Well, we will too, said Shan. We will think of something, Dak, said Yeah, I know we will. And How about then they all holds his breath? And they and all went to... hold nose. Well, he still couldn't talk when he got down there, though. Why? Because they don't speak English. They speak deep lobster. And the mermaids speak mermaid. None of them can understand each other without the magic of the mariner shell. Um. So they decided to all go to bed and talk about it more in the morning. I know a little bit of mermaid. Well, I'm glad you do. But Dak and Ia don't. And Shan doesn't know enough to really be useful. And he doesn't know any deep lobster at all. So, you tell me some mermaid. <laughs> no, actually, I'd like you all to lay down and be quiet if you'd like to hear the story. When they woke up the next morning and came into the dining room, Dak was surprised to see Ia looking brilliantly happy and pacing back and forth impatiently. I've got it, Dak, she said, and she told him her plan. They all agreed that it was a very good plan. What? They all had breakfast. And then after breakfast, Ia and Dak and Shan all went to the part of the deck of the ship that was closest to the water, and Ia shouted out over the water these little squeals and <laughs> and clicks. And they waited for a few minutes, and then suddenly a whole pod of dolphins came by, 
and they poked their heads up out of the water, and they squealed and squeaked and whistled and clicked back. And then Ia clicked back at them. <coughs> and then the dolphins all nodded their heads and disappeared. Well, said Dak, did they agree to do it? Yes, said Ia. The dolphins, the dolphins can, the dolphins can speak deep lobster, and they've agreed to carry your message down to, uh, down to the deep lobsters, and so that they will free Curry. Excellent, said Dak. Now we just have to wait. They waited for one hour, two hours, and then a sailor said, "Down there." And they could see shadowy gray shapes arising from the depths of the ocean. And as they came closer to the surface, Dak could see that swimming with the shadowy gray shapes was a flash of blonde hair. There, he said. He waved. And the dolphin's heads popped above the water. And Curry also popped her head above the water. And she sang in her beautiful voice, but because Dak no longer had the mariner's shell, he could not understand her. And so, although he was very happy to see her, and she had been freed, he was sad because he could not understand her. What? And Ia clicked and whistled to the dolphins. And the dolphins clicked and whistled back, and Ia said, The deep lobsters set curry free as they agreed. The uh, curry can speak dolphin. And so she clicked and whistled to curry. And curry answered back, and Ia told Dak, She says that, that she is so grateful that you worked so hard to set her free, and said that she has missed you terribly all this time and thought of you. She said that she invites you to come and swim with her. Does she know that I can't breathe underwater anymore? Ia turned and whistled and clicked. And then after Curry had replied, she said, She said that you cannot drown as long as you are with her. On the other hand, you cannot speak mermaid either. Dak shrugged as he pulled off his shoes and began taking off his heavier clothing. I'll just have to learn, he said. Then he dove over the side into the water, and Curry caught his hand, and together they swam and played in the water. After some time, the ship set sail for the waters that were Curry's home, and Dak climbed back on board, because even though he could not drown, he could not swim like Curry and dolphins could. He waved to her, but he's, she, a, he's, but he's a grown-up. He can swim. But he can swim, but he got tired. The ocean's a big, big place. It's like, it would be like running and running and running. Sometimes you have to stop and rest. What you have to do is only do this. Yeah, I know. But if you do that for a long time, it gets tiring. Just like if you run and run for a long time, it gets tiring and you need to rest. Like if you walk, walk and walk, if... If you walked, had to walk to the other end of my gym, you'd get really tired and you, and you wouldn't be able to rest. Cause, 
Yes. So anyway, he got back on he got back up on the ship and talked to Shan and Ia about how happy he was to see Curry again, but how he still just didn't know how it was going to work, the two of them being together, because he couldn't speak mermaid, and he couldn't swim forever like Curry could, and Curry couldn't come onto the land at all. Well, she could, said Shan, she just couldn't get around very well. He said, I suppose we could build her a wheelchair or something. I couldn't ask her to do that, said Dak. It wouldn't be right. Ask her to give up the water. Well... Maybe we'll just have to think and see if there's a way, said Shan. In the meantime, How you can swim with her. They give you can... her a little bowl that's really, really big about a size of this. Well, they said that they were going to go to sleep and think about it for the night. And you all can do the same and see whether you come up with a solution that's different than theirs. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin reminding you to tell someone you love a story.